What is uh, cracking, uh, lacking, malaki? Oh, nothing too much. Oh, just my back because I'm old. Your back. It's or like pop- cracking or it's all stiff and shit? No, it's more I think I was just like sitting in the wrong position. It was just like, oh, oh, that's moving hurt. Ah, oh, interesting. Old age, yay. Well, as my chiropractor says, good posture Thing. <laughs> and that's all the more reason why you shouldn't listen to Morrissey. That's right, kids. Don't fucking listen to Morrissey because I don't fucking fuck you back up. Yeah, ah! I, I feel like listening to Morrissey is just a bad call because it's just like you're just going to like curl into the fetal position and want to die. Yeah. Hey, uh, how, how cool was my shitty Sam Kinison impersonation? <laughs> I can actually picture you doing a pretty kick-ass karaoke version of his cover of Wild Thing. Fuck yeah, dude. Dude, that clip is all kinds of fucking awesome, right? Oh, man. I remember when I first saw that, I was just like, holy fuck, who else is in this? Like, Like everybody is in it, right? It's like the most fucking debaucherous film clip out there. Yeah, it's like, it's such a late 80s metal film clip. Like, mm. it's literally like, you know, it's 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 like pure late 80s hair metal fan service. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I just love parts is fucking watching Slash just eat shit on the floor. Just totally just fucking <laughs> face plant. A classic Slash at his best. Yeah, which you got to wonder, was was that actually planned or did that just happen? And they just went, ah, fuck it, keep filming. Mm, I know. You know, I mean, what I love about it, it's just such a nod, uh, I don't know, such a signature of the time. Like you said, late 80s fucking, you know, rock and roll, hard rock, heavy metal at its peak, you know. And I think it's still peaking, to be honest. But I guess um, my little segue that I wanted to throw at you, man, was asking um your opinion on this because i'm all kinds of curious i've been coming across more and more shall we say manufactured bands of late mm-hmm. and i mentioned one such band not too long ago that's opening up for poison and motley crew and i didn't realize that they're actually a product of manufacturing um oh, okay yeah like and I'm not saying it as a negative thing. Just there's a band, um, this band, Classless Act. I listened to their debut album. And it's fucking great. Um, really good singer. But these guys were all pieced together through social media. Um, so it wasn't really so much an organically traditional uh, origin story. It was kind of like all pieced together, I guess, the way things are doing, being done of late. So, and I've discovered that there's another band that's um, from Sweden, I think it is. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's an all-female band that's basically a heavy metal version of Pussycat Dolls is the description. So, I guess I was going to ask you, man, what what are your thoughts on that whole thing? I'm just thinking of Josie and the Pussycats, the movie. And mm. I, I just wanted to yell out, Du jour means friendship! <laughs> Oh, no, man, I kind of, look, I'm not saying that, you know, some good music can't come out of that particular method, but I am saying I fucking hate that method. Yeah. 
I just, man, I just miss like. <sighs> Here we go. I <laughs> Jake fires up the knee parlor. No, man, I just miss like you know, I I miss. I miss the days of being able to say, hey, I caught this band playing in a fucking pub before they were famous and they were fucking awesome back then, you yeah. know? Yeah. I don't like it, it's it it just feels it just kind of feels crappy to be like, oh, I saw him on X Factor and mm. his first and I caught his first stadium tour, which was his first ever tour. And it's yeah. like you know, like can't we I mean I just it just it shits me off that there's like probably a hundred fucking bands out there right now playing shitty gigs somewhere for like five people and no one's paying it. And they're probably fucking amazing and no one's paying attention to them because everyone's too busy watching idol and that shit. I've never liked it because I never feel like it's actually based on talent. I feel like it's a popularity contest. It's like, Oh, Shannon Shannon Knoll's cute, so I want to, like, vote for him. Or I like Guy Sebastian's hair. I want to vote for him. And, look, I'm not saying those dudes can't sing, but it's just like, you know. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah, it's, it's fucking frustrating. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's. it's and I mean, look, more, I'm more not more. even in a band, so it's probably like 90 million times more frustrating for you. Oh, it's not really frustrating, dude. It's just kind of like just observing this is the world we live in. Um, I don't know if I agree with it. Uh, I mean, fuck, this is a deep rabbit hole I could dive into, but I, I, I don't know. I was just all kinds of curious what your thoughts were on it, but you've kind of answered my question, so. I think I'm I'm comfortable with that. I can leave that one there. So, yeah, I just I kind of hate it. I kind I kind of hate the. I mean, look, you know, and again, I'm look. I'm not even going to say like I hate the Backstreet Boys. I think Backstreet's Back is probably one of the greatest film clips ever made. It right, was a, a '90s thriller, practically. It was Fuck fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, Ugh. some some great entertaining music has come out of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's kind of hollow, and mm. you know, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, uh, I I don't know, I, you know, when you read those great autobiographies, like all the greats, like Zeppelin, um, fucking Jane's Addiction, all those bands, and. You know, you just read about these amazing stories of how these guys got together and started yeah. jamming and making music. I just don't feel like we have that in today's society. Well, I don't feel like music or acting or directing or something like that. I don't feel like it should be a fucking job interview. It shouldn't be like, oh, I go to Sony headquarters and, you know, I apply for the job as lead guitarist in this band. Mm. Like, it should be something that you not earn because it shouldn't be that fucking hard. Like if Mm. you're talented, I feel like you should just get your shot. Mm. Um, but I feel like it's, it's something you should, you should earn so that you appreciate it and stuff like that. And, you know, it helps you become better at your craft, like rather than just like, Oh, Oh, I'm going for a job interview as a guitarist. Should I wear my black ripped jeans or my blue ripped jeans? I don't know. Which yeah, one's the, the part, better vibe? That's the part that always fucks me over. Like, I mean, I've probably mentioned it once or twice, like bands that we've played with where you, you kind of look at them and you go, yeah, the carpets don't match the drapes, dude. 
Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of bands out there that put so much emphasis on their, on everything but the music. Mm. Yeah, which is really, in my opinion, like regardless of what decade we live in, whatever, a great song is a great song. No yeah. matter look, no matter of style or trend. So, I mean, if you write a kick-ass disco anthem in today's world, fucking good on you. Yeah. You know, like, because if it's a if it's a song that you can tap your foot to uh, and, and fucking have a good time, dude, fucking more power to you. I mean, fucking look at Static X, man. Yeah. Disco metal, dude. Yeah. Like, who the fuck would ever think that shit would rock it at, at that time period? It yeah. fucking did, man. It fucking did. But, you know, for a bit of, um, you know, visual shits and giggles, Wayne went that one step further and made his hair six foot high. And people Hardest just... working hair in music. Fucking A, dude. Like, I mean, he he outshined fucking pretty much every band from the 80s with his hair, dude. Like, yeah. that, that is commitment. It's deep commitment. Yeah. Yeah, I just, oh, I just, I don't know, man. It just, it bugs me. It, it bugs me. I, I don't like, I don't like music or a- anything creative being turned into a popularity contest. Yeah, that's why, you know, I, I won't mention bands, but there's, I see a lot of that today with a lot of the bands that everyone's raving on and who hiring about. And I kind of look at it and I can kind of see through the bullshit. Hmm. It's like, there's so much emphasis on everything but the actual songs. Well, it's just one of those things where it's like, I've had this argument before in the movie sort of scene where it's Mm. like, you know, oh, but Michael Bay's Transformers 5 made $50 billion worldwide. And I'm like... $50 million of bullshit. I don't care. It's Mm. still crap. Like, Mm. it's still a terrible film. Like, you know... Oh well, you know, what do you? I'm just, and, and you know, you're like having the argument of like, well, John Carter is a really great movie, and it's like, oh yeah, but it didn't make any money. I'm like, that's not indicative of how good a film is. Yeah, like, popularity, exactly. Popularity, especially in today's day and age, does not equate with quality. Yeah, that's so true, man. Like, I mean, you look at a lot of our favorite horror movies, right? And a lot of them are the box office underachievers. Mm. You know ones that sort of fell a little bit short of the fucking limelight, but they survived because they're great written movies, great yeah. filmed movies, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That, that's where I kind of stand on that. Like people see through bullshit pretty quick. Well, it always stands the test of time, doesn't it? I mean, you mm. look at like the thing or, you know, they live or mm. big trouble in little China or mm-hmm. Blade Runner or, you know, a ton of movies. Like my favorite film of all time is Strange Days, which mm. was a dismal box office. That's uh, Ralph Fiennes. Yes. Yes. And Angela Bassett yeah. and Michael oh, Wincott and Tom Sizemore. Yeah, and... I haven't seen that for a minute, man. I fucking oh. I'm overdue to watch that again. Yeah, dude, I fucking adore that. Movie. Great movie. Um, yeah. But you know, it's and it's like these these films did not you know, audiences did not turn out for them, but you look at them now and they're like regarded as classics. Like, you know, you walk in somewhere and say, oh, Blade Runner was shit because it didn't make any money at the box office. Mm. And, you know, see if you walk out with all of your teeth, really. Mm. Like, yeah, 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 totally, totally. You know, it's like sacrilege. Well, it's like when everyone goes on about the fucking, 
the latest Scream movie and all that. Like, I haven't seen it yet, and I'm sure it's great. But, you know... This... Five Cream, get on top. Say what, sir? Five Cream. Oh, okay, okay. I'll get on it. But Get, uh... get, on, get on top. <laughs> get on top. But, um... Prince, dude... Prince joke for anyone out there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, that's like, fucking... Oh, awesome. what? What? <laughs> I think this is what? Um, yeah, but, like, I don't know, man. The... I just, again, you know, I hate that whole control conformity shit where you're programmed to to watch, you know, what the, the general masses tell you to watch. It's like, mm. f- fuck off, man. Like, yeah. Like, you know, I'm not going to go back to the strange day, stranger things fucking um, argument, but, uh, you know, everyone's at all and it's like well i still haven't seen it you know because there's a bunch of other fucking cool horror shows out there that you know don't have already that are fucking equally if not better yeah so yeah crazy yeah yeah I, it, it, it's it, it's very frustrating it's like the the yeah the the conformity of like you know uh i don't know man it's just it's it's maddening sometimes it's like you know because i I talk to kids that are like, you know, in their twenties and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh yeah, but this is really good. I'm like, well, is it? Or do mm. you like it? Cause you're told to, cause it's mm. like, it's funny. Cause it comes back to the Marvel and DC movie thing. It's like, uh, you know, I, I see it all the time on the internet. It's like Marvel and, you know, you know, Hey, look again, I'm not ragging on Marvel, but it's like, Marvel can announce whatever the fuck and everyone just loses their shit for yeah, it. Yeah, totally, man, totally. Um, you because know, we're all fans at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it mm. feels like, you know, whereas, like, you know, DC will be like, oh, we're doing this, and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be crap, it's going to be yeah. crap. Yeah, Morbius is a prime example. I watched Morbius on the weekend, and I fucking loved it. Oh, was that your first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Man, fuck, yes. My, yeah. Man, Morbius fucking Dude. rocked. I loved it. I like. I'm a fan. Like, look, I'm a fan of Morbius as a character. Yes. Has yes. been for a long ass fucking time. He's um, in a pod. And yeah, I love Jared Leto. And yeah, um, yeah, girlfriend wanted to watch. She's. I, I gave her. I gave her a copy of it for her birthday. She's mm. like, you know, well, let's watch Morbius. I'm like, I don't have to tell uh, me twice. Twist my arm. <laughs> um, <laughs> And dude, I really liked it. I yeah. don't know, like, and I feel like it's a movie where everyone's just told to hate it, like it's shit. Like, oh, yeah, no, I don't understand that shit. Well, and I've I've looked at because I, I was literally like going. I, I was on my way to my um on my way home from my my tattoo today, and which um, we have to talk about. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and I was like okay, what's the fucking deal? Why does everyone hate Morbius? And I'm like looking at some of the complaints and like, you know, those shitty fucking Buzzfeed articles of like, here's 10 reasons why Morbius doesn't make sense. And I'm looking at them and I'm just going, did you fuckers even watch the movie? Like, did mm. you pay attention to it? Because mm. I, I saw one, okay, and spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen Morbius. Yeah. Just skip ahead maybe 10 minutes. Mm. So this one fucking criticism is like, you know, oh, how did Martine turn into a vampire when Morbius isn't like a real vampire? He's a science vampire. So how did his bite turn her? And I'm like, if you watch the fucking movie, he literally drips blood into her mouth when he shows up because he's bleeding. Mm. Like, so obviously like her ingesting his blood combined with the fact that he bit her and drained her to the point of death, 
has turned her into a vampire. Which is classic <laughs> fucking rules of the vampire yeah. mythology. Like, right? did you guys even pay attention to this fucking film? Like, Clearly is, not. Like, you're idiots. Like, you're just <laughs> hating this movie because uh, the internet told me to hate it. Yeah. Like, fucking scum of the earth, dude. Oh, just... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, one of the critiques I read, and I, I, I kind of partially agree a little bit, but I, I don't, is they really ragged on Jared Leto's performance, saying it was very lackluster. And I, I don't know, I found it was a little bit sort of moody more than anything, but I thought he delivered us a great Michael Morbius. Well, I felt like he did a great job with the character. And I felt like, I mean, usually, you know, for the past few years, every time we've seen Leto do something, he's been doing, you know, really kind of either in-depth sort of character stuff or shit that's kind of out of the ordinary. Like, Dallas Buyers, yeah, uh, the Joker, um, you know, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like he's one of the he, most diverse actors I know. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of you know fairly serious stuff or stuff that requires him to go pretty deep into the character. And yeah. you know, as we all know, like he's a pretty fucking committed actor, so he kind of does that you know Pacino, De Niro type yeah. shit. Whereas I feel like with Morbius, it's the first film we've sort of seen him in for a while where he just kind of was having a bit of fun. I feel the same way, man. I really like, do. You know, like Morbius is a broody character, but like there was some genuine lighthearted moments in there. Like, I mean, I love that scene where he's walking down the street with Matt Smith and he's like, oh, if you do that, I'm going to hobble very fast. In the other <laughs> direction. Like, I mean, you know. I, th- I thought there were some really great moments in there. Yeah. And I felt like Leto was actually having a bit of fun with the character and enjoying not having to go super deep into who this guy is. And, and dude, it was his first time fucking playing a superhero style character. Fucking, yeah, give it up for him, man. Like, yeah, I, man, I thought he did a great job. Like, I, I thought yeah. he was absolutely fantastic as Morbius. He like, looked great. He delivered a, a yeah you know like was it 10 out of 10 no but it was fucking great you know well, it, it was, was fun it's like go back and watch yeah like i i got it on blue because i'm mm. just like yeah i i really dug this like it was, I, it was a lot of fun you know for a sony marvel film i actually enjoyed this a lot more than venom venom and let there be carnage yeah, I'll, I'll I'll agree on that because yeah, I I re- and it's probably because I like Morbius as a character more than I like Venom. But yeah, I just feel like it stuck more to the source material. It was a lot more loyal to the comic. Well, yeah, it was it was very um, yeah, it just it really was like it was a good combination of a lot of you know little bits and pieces like of Morbius's history. Um, mm. Loads of really cool, fun little Easter eggs in there that I picked up on. Yep, um, yep, same. Yeah, like, I, I really dug it. I don't get the hate. Like, And, like, for a CGI um, film, dude, this fucking rocked. I loved the use of CGI in this film. It was fucking yeah. superb. Like, it was actually the first time I watched a movie that uses CGI effects, and I fucking applauded it. I was just well, like, yes. I gotta, I gotta give it up for the fact that this is one of the first superhero films I've watched in a long time where 
I really enjoyed the cinematography and, yes, you know, so. just the, the placement of the camera, the fact that, you know, there were a lot of like nice big epic wides and stuff like yep. that, that really gave it the feel of, you know, just some of those nice big epic wide shots, like when him and um, fucking Milo are confronting each other in the subway or wherever. Yeah, that was really, really well shot. Yeah, it just it gave that real splash page kind mm. of vibe to it. Yeah. And I really dug that because I just I see so many as I see so many comic movies like superhero ones specifically where you know it's one of those things where it's like look this medium should lend itself to really exciting bold cool looking cool visuals. Yes. And so much of the time, it's just like, oh, yeah, it just looks like any other movie. Mm. Like, you yeah, know, I, 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 should, I should be looking at the fucking screen going, wow, that's a great shot. Wow, yeah. that's a great shot. Like, yeah. fuck, that's amazing. That's beautiful. I want that mm. as a poster. Like, mm. And so often I'm not. But with Morbius, I was like, you know, and we were watching it on the, the shitty little TV in my bedroom. We weren't even watching it on the big one. And it's like, wow, that looks really cool i'm kind of impressed <laughs> yeah it was I, I i agree with you on so many levels man because it was a departure from for me as a superhero film a departure from like all those lush vibrant colors that we're so used to seeing and and mm. saturated with this is kind of i don't know it was kind of a throwback to that ghost rider style filming like dark, yeah dark colors um it just really, I don't know, it, to me, it just complemented the, the story. Yeah. I, I was really happy with it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, veered, it wasn't a perfect film in the sense of, you know, yeah, we should have had Blade in there and, yeah, we should have had this, yeah, we should have had that. But what we got was actually a pretty decent film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought, mean, I... Yeah, I, I really dug it. I mean, you know, of course, like as a fan, I'm sort of like, you know, oh, it would have been cool if we saw this character. Yeah. Hopefully we see this character for the mm. sequel and stuff like that. But yeah, look, man, for the fact that we've have got a fucking Morbius movie that actually exists and that I own, I'm mm. fucking chuffed. Yeah, I agree, man. Here, here. It's fucking, it's exciting. Um and Jared Leto, man, he fucking, he rocked. And I hope we see more of it in the future. Yeah. Oh, dude, absolutely. I'm just like, look, just give us a sequel. Don't do not do this shit where you're like, no, this didn't do well. So we're going to throw everything out. Yeah. Well, man, look, I mean, you know, with uh, San Diego Comic-Con unleashing all their fucking upcoming stuff and Marvel, you know, unveiling all of its upcoming releases, to see Blade amongst that, um, mm. it's got me... You know, I'm, I'm, look, I'm a I'm a Wesley Snipes fan all the way. Like he is Blade in my opinion. Yeah, but I'm curious to see what they do with this new one, and I hope that we see a cinematic universe where Morbius and Blade are, can coexist on the same screen. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, there, there's Rider. a lot of stuff to there's a lot of stuff to get excited about with Comic Con. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we should probably save it for Rad, but I'm going to talk about it now. Uh, Daredevil Born Again. Fuck uh, me, dude. Stiff. Yeah, we can, we can go there, dude. Fucking, <laughs> dude. Yeah, 18 episodes. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm just really hoping that with Blade and with Daredevil, they don't fuck it up like they kind of did with Moon Knight. 
like I don't want silly blade. I don't want silly daredevil. Just just do it properly. Like just yeah. don't fuck it up. <laughs> well, like just just stick to the source material. We've talked about this week in, week out. Like mm. it's it's all there. The fucking comic there's volumes well, of comics. Especially with Born Again, it's like, oh man, if you fuck this up, I will never forgive you. Cause it's like that yeah. is one of my favorite it's well, one of my two favorite comics of all time. So, well, spoiler alert. I mean, you know, it was all kinds of exciting seeing the the new She Hulk trailer and seeing the fucking the horned uh, the horned daredevil fucking appear at the end of it. Yeah. Um, were you a fan of seeing him in the yellow, the classic OG yellow um, brown or red attire? Okay, here's a bit of sacrilege. I don't actually like that costume, but it was cool to see it. Um, I, I far prefer the red. I mean, okay, my favorite Daredevil look is the black and red armored look oh, from the nineties. I same. love that. Um, fucking love that look yeah. so much. Yeah, I dig that look a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, towards the end of um the last Daredevil series, man, they fucking nailed it with their costume. In my opinion, I thought it fucking looked great. It was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was that darker kind of vibe to it? It was really cool. I mean, I, I just, you know, without getting into a deep fucking Daredevil chat, I was just fucking stoked to see the evolution of Daredevil's look throughout mm. the series. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, totes. So I'll be, I'll be really curious to see where they go with Born Again. I mean, obviously, you know, I one would hope it's a continuation from the previous series or at mm. least a nod to the previous series. Um where they go with it is interesting. You know, I'm all kinds of curious and I hope that, you know, we see some more Punisher in there and, um, and maybe some more Daredevil related villains like mm. Bullseye would be yeah, fucking I'll, great. Just give us, give us Bullseye, please. Typhoid Mary. I, I'm just yeah. really psyched to get Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio yeah. back as Daredevil and the Kingpin. Like I just, yeah, I'm, Look, you know, no I don't care. What, to... I don't care what costume they put him in. Yeah. At this point, I'm just like, yay. I'm just glad they've done it because I'm glad they've done it without having to recast or anything. It's like, why would you need to? I mean, mm. it, it feels like the dust hasn't fully settled on the the, the former series, so. You know why go shuffling shit around? So fucking kudos to Marvel for that for not fucking yeah, that exactly. up. Exactly, and I mean hopefully they get John Burnfall back as the Punisher because yes. yeah, he was he was great. Man, John Burnfall is the man, dude. Like I just listened to a podcast interview with him. He's a fucking man. He is the most one of the most down to earth fucking head screwed on dudes I've ever listened to in my life. Yeah, he amazing. seems like a really cool guy. Yeah, dude. And he even does his own podcast now, which is really cool. Oh, and cool. Yeah, I, I just, you know, uh, it was because he did an interview with Rob Lowe, of all people, who whose podcast is really cool. And, yeah, um, they gave props to him about his own podcast. Um, I think it's Real Time with John Bernthal, I think it's called, yeah. where he talks to, like, ex-Navy SEALs, Ex um, NYPD detectives, just real people from the streets mm. with real stories. So, yeah, I'm really keen to fucking check that shit out. But, um, dude, you couldn't have picked a better actor to play the Punisher. No, no, he was he was fantastic. Like, yeah, he was he was really good. Yeah, fucking a man. Yeah, it's exciting, dude. Fucking exciting. Um, dude, did you see the the Halloween Ends trailer? 
I haven't yet. I'm trying to stay kind of spoiler free on it. Okay, cool. All right. So we can talk about that another time. Oh, it's just I kind of um I kind of got pissed off with Halloween Kills, like the trailer for it. Right. Because I was just like, ah, oh, you're just kind of showing me too much. Like, it's Halloween. You just mm. Don't show me anything. Just put mm. the fucking titles up. I'll go see it. Okay. Th- this leads me to an interesting question I want to ask you, and you've kind of already half answered it for me. I've listened to this on, le- on recent podcasts where they've talked about today's trailers versus you know, the glory days of trailers of the eighties and nineties where we didn't get, get given basically the whole film on a fucking, you know, in a two minute trailer. Um, some films did, but you know, that's because they were pieces of shit. But mm. what, what, you know, what, what's your opinion? And I, I think I already know what it is, but today oh, we're man. getting what, I... what is it up to fifth, five trailers or something like that? Yeah. I just, I miss the days of one trailer. Yeah, that's all we and need. You just got excited. Yeah, like yeah, I you know you you'd maybe get one trailer and then you'd see a couple of ads on TV that might have you know one extra scene in there or something like that, and you'd go, yeah. oh, "Holy fuck!" Mm-hmm. This whole thing of like having like a teaser, tra- a teaser for the teaser trailer, then the theatrical trailer, then the second theatrical trailer, like then the final version trailer. Yeah. I, I kind of hope I don't want to see another trailer for the monsters. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, I'm, I'm good with just one. I saw the one trailer. I saw the the trailer for the DVD with a couple of extra scenes in there, and that's yep. enough for me. That's mm. enough to like have me go like, "Yep, I'm so there." Mm. Like this this whole like you know multiple trailer thing. It just it shits it's me to tears. It taints the whole experience. It kind of does because, like, you're just going in and you're going, okay, this scene's going to happen. When's that coming up? Blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, I don't, like, just give me one good trailer and I'm mm. okay with that. Like, that's all I need. I agree. All I need. I agree. That's all we need. Um, speaking of, man, uh, fucking one movie that I didn't um, need to see multiple trailers for that thankfully we didn't was uh, a movie that I'm highly excited to talk to you about because uh, I finally saw it. Ah. And this, yeah, I'm just sort of cutting straight to it. This week's feature film is is a movie that's currently out on cinemas. Um, another offering from the Blumhouse Productions, The Black Phone. I fucking love that movie so much. What like, a great movie, right? I am I am going to go see it again. Like, yeah. Damn, that's that's pretty fucking big, dude. Well, I got free tickets to go and see it again. So. Oh, oh, did you now? Is it, is we, this... were, we were going to go see it again anyway, but it's like, well, now I've got free tickets, so I have to. It's just the perks of doing a podcast, man. You're starting to get free tickets to shit now. <laughs> well, I weirdly entered a contest before we saw it. Um, right. And yeah, they gave me tickets after the preview screening. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So you didn't like say, yeah, I'm Jake from the, uh, you know, that, that podcast, you know, Freaky no, but Friday. I'm totally going to try you that. You should I'm, totally I'm do it, man. Totally going to name drop. <laughs> and I, look, if anyone from production companies or cinemas out there listening, 
fucking you want to hook us up some free tickets to go see a movie we'll fucking review your film for you man oh yeah free tickets free blu-rays like yeah hey, dude just fucking you know hook I'll, us up um, man I'll, I'll 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 even lie and say nice shit yeah we'll we'll say yes we'll, oh, no. but they're just i just had major wayne's world flashbacks <laughs> to one of the best scenes in that fucking film <laughs> it's so lame when people just like say they love shit <laughs> says he we will not bow to any corporate sponsorship yes and it's the choice of a new generation <laughs> oh if you fuckers haven't seen Wayne's World fuck off yeah 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 I was gonna say we should do Wayne's World but we already did can we do another one <laughs> yeah well, actually, we haven't done the sequel, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. There, there you go. Yeah, okay. There's, a, there's a Wayne's World 2 in the offering. Wayne's World 2. Um, Come and see. All right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll even lie and say I like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. That's it. <laughs> oh, dude, you... Finally, a lie too big. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, if, if anyone hasn't heard that episode, yeah, check it out. It's a fucking awesome napalm um, <laughs> spray from fucking jake oh it's great <laughs> I, I think that was one of your best napalm efforts yet actually it was good yeah probably probably could have been it's probably probably up better than the uh the dark knight one um mm. but uh oh man black phone fuck black me phone. what a great food what a great flick um, yeah Ethan should we give a spoiler warning are we going to get into spoiler uh, territory yeah yeah look man we're going to give you every reason why you should go check it out sooner rather than later on the big screen it may feature some spoilers um but i don't think they're gonna fucking turn you off wanting to see the film to be honest no i I don't think this is that kind of film no 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 it's just it's yeah i just i love this movie and i mean i've loved scott derrickson as a director ever since hellraiser inferno like yeah he did a great job man I mean, you know, you, you go from that to, like, Exorcism of Emily Rose, which was great. Great then film. you go to uh, Deliver Us from Evil, which was a great film. Great film. Um, you that was know, with Eric Bana, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I love that flick. Yeah, like, it was, it was like fucking Seven Meets the Exorcist. Like, yeah. what's not to love? Um, yeah, just a great fucking horror director. Yeah, absolutely. And, th- and this is definitely a... A fucking real notch in his belt, man. This is a, this is a fucking one of them movies that, um, you know, the fact that you're, so, you're going to go see it again, I think that's uh, a clear example of how good this movie is. Well, I feel like it's one of those movies where it's like I really feel like I'm going to get more out of it on a second viewing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Not that I didn't get a lot out of it on the first viewing, but I feel like there's so much going on there that it's like yeah i really want to see this again absolutely um, like yeah so well you... okay so w- sorry um lay what... that synopsis on them man all right so what what i was stoked about with this film it's set in the 70s um would you say the late 70s yeah it's like 78 mm. yeah so 78 uh you know kids kids in school you know this brother and sister uh, fucking living with their disgruntled dad. Um, obviously they've lost their mom, and they're they're facing basically the daily wrath of their father, um, who is just taking out all these fucking rage and frustration on them for all the wrong reasons. It's kind of reminiscent of um typical nineteen seventies fucking kids growing up, I guess, to a degree. 
Um, but yeah, there's this fucking, there's this like serial killer fucking roaming the streets. Um, they call him the grabber and, uh, yeah, I'm doing a really shitty job of laying down the synopsis <laughs> here, aren't I? Well, or, yeah, it's basically, so one of, one of the, the daughter, um, one of the kids, uh, the little girl is, uh, psychic. Mm. Um, she's, I like um, that. yeah, like she's mildly psychic. And, um, you know, her brother gets kidnapped after some of his friends have already disappeared. And, yeah, she's basically sort of working to, you know, try and find him. And what I love is, I mean, it's written by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son, for anyone that doesn't know. And he just perfectly captures, like, much like his dad is, like, that sort of mundane, everyday evil and horror of, like, domestic abuse and you know just small town awfulness and um what i loved about this movie is like it really kind of captured that vibe of being a kid around that time and in the 80s when like you know serial killers were kind of a big big thing they were in the news all the time and you know it it kind of has this weird like, it, it's very similar to Stranger Things or It Chapter One, like, with, you know, the way it handles kids being kids, basically. But it also has that, like, weird sort of, like, there's this innocence to the kids, but there's also that feeling of, like, you know, dangerous kind of around every corner, which is kind of how I grew up as a kid. It's like, you know... Yeah, you can go and play on the streets, but watch out for fucking child molesters and serial killers, okay? Like, you know, that whole safety house era of growing up. Yeah, it was um it was totally a thing, right? And it still is. Um you know, and it's 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 a very, very well written story from Joe Hill. Like he's really given us I don't know, just the attention to detail in this film is so on point. Like Mm. one of the the first things that I paid attention to from the beginning, and it's a weird observation, was um, when the dad cracks open that can of Coors. Yeah. Like the vintage style of beer cans back then, dude. Like that that was straight away, like I just went, oh, wow. Okay, I know what time period we're in. Yeah, well, that's the great thing, man. What I really appreciated about this movie and loved is that so many period films are done and they feel like it's a 2022 movie trying to be a 1978 movie. Whereas this felt like a movie that was set in the seventies. Like it felt like it felt like a film that could have been shot in the seventies and just kept on the shelf and released today. Um, You know, from the hairstyles to the clothing, to the cars, the how the way the houses looked, the way the yards looked, um, yeah, it just it just really captured that era to perfection. Yeah, the aesthetic was captured beautifully, man. And um, I loved, I really loved like the Super Eight glitchy sequences in there as well. Yeah, that was really cool. I know they were kind of mostly dream sequences, but I just love the idea behind that, the way it was shot and everything was super cool. Mm. And um, Another another applause I have to give is um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but Tom Savini teamed up with another dude to, in the creation of the masks that Ethan. Oh, the wears. masks were great. 
How um, good were they? I mean, I don't know if masks looked that good in the 70s, but, dude, this was fucking cool, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack with this film. I mean, you know, oh, uh, while, we're, while we're on the story, I just, I love the... So, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, like, so when the kid, uh, Finney gets kidnapped, um, you know, he can hear this phone ringing in this dungeon where he's kept. And, you know, the ghosts of all the prior victims start talking to him. And they mention that the grabber can actually hear the phone too, but he ignores it. And, you know, that little line just gives you a, a bit of an insight. It's like, you know, well, can Finn hear this phone because he's a victim of domestic abuse? Like, does he have mild psychic powers like his sister? And it's just, I feel like the film is an interesting parallel between, like, you know, different reactions to domestic violence. Because you kind of get a vibe that the grabber was probably a victim of domestic violence as well. And yeah, I, I agree. A really interesting parallel between, like, you know, your hero and your villain of, like, you know, these are two reactions to one kind of awful event and the different directions they've gone. I thought that was really fucking smart. You know, maybe I'm reading a bit too much into it, but no, I don't think so. Vibe I got no, because I felt the exact same way too. I thought every every kid that was a, a victim, even though we didn't go too deep into a lot of the kids, I, like um, for example, um, Finney's mate Robin. The, yeah, the one that got abducted before him. He was great, man. He, he was, was such awesome. a great character. He was just that rebellious little kid that you yeah. don't fuck with. Yeah, I love that scene. And in the we toilet. we all knew a kid like that back, mm. back in school, like, the badass yeah. kid that you don't fuck with, man. Or he yeah. will your shit up. Um, he was great, and I got the vibe. That was kind of one of my first um bells that I picked up that there was more to this than meets the eye with the, the story behind why these kids were getting abducted yeah, and how they were selected and, and Ethan Hawke's character as well. And I think, you know, the, the spoiler twist here was the introduction of his brother. Um, yeah. That was really well done. And seeing his behaviour and his uh, quirkiness that led me down that path of thinking this is a film really shining a light on domestic violence in the seventies, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I've, I've got some questions out of this one, but um, yeah, the, the, just the, the, the character portray like the characters in this really made this film man, and, I didn't feel like there was a weak character in this film. By any no, means. not at all. And not a weak cast member either. I mean, you know, we got to get into the, I mean, like, yeah, let's, 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 you know, start with Ethan Hawke, who yeah. fucking was just he amazing. He's on a roll, dude. Dude, I really feel like this is kind of a career best for him. Cause it's I like, so too. you know, it, it reminded me of, um, you know, and I'm probably like playing with fire here, but I absolutely love Vanilla Sky, and I love the fact that Tom Cruise did half of that fucking movie with his face covered. Like, yep, yep. I, I think that's quite an accomplishment for an actor because it's like you can't rely on any of your usual tricks. And it's like we see Ethan Hawke's face in this movie for maybe three minutes total. 
of the runtime. The rest of it, he's just acting behind a mask, you know, using like body language and his physicality, you know, his eyes, like his voice. Like, I mean, dude, there were some moments there with his, just the way he performed with his voice that gave me fucking chills. Like just the way he would switch his tone up between being all meek and sort of sweet and then just drop to menacing within like one word. I mean, it was, it was me. It was pure schizophrenia. Yeah. Like I, I'll cut forward to, to what I was thinking. His portrayal was very reminiscent and had me thinking, this is fucking shades of John Wayne Gacy, dude. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, spoiler alert central, but you know, when they find the kids' bodies in the fucking basement. Yeah, um, absolutely, hello. man. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of Gacy in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like this is a very Gacy-esque film, um, which isn't a bad thing. Um, and it, in no way am I glorifying his actions or anything like that. I'm just saying it's a, it's a compelling story. And it's definitely inspired from real events. Uh, that, that's my feel. Yeah, yeah, dude, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, like, you know, there was a certain level of like, you know, I mean, you know, let's let's face it, like, you know, the grabber was a pedo, like, you know, just the yeah, way he was. he was looking at Finney and stuff like that, watching him sleep. It's like, yeah. you know, oh, I won't make you do anything you don't want to do. It's like, oh, creepy, mm. creepy, I liked... creepy. <laughs> what was, yeah, I thought that the, the, safe, the safe way that they played that out was, um, I'm curious to see the director's cut of this, actually. I'm, I'm curious as for how much footage they cut out of this. But, um, yeah, the subtle hints towards his mannerisms and the kind of serial killer he was. Like, you know, what was he into? Was he sexually motivated? Was he, yeah. you know, like, that's, um, yeah, that's where my mind was sort of wondering about his persona. But, um, yeah, the the hiding behind the mask and everything like that, I feel like, he was, he really was a diabolical, uh, you know, wearing many masks. And I liked the usage of all the different masks throughout the film. I thought that yeah. was really well done. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of got the vibe that like he made the masks himself, like mm. very much so. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the young, I mean, I mean while, while we're talking about him, like let's give it up for fucking James Ranson as his brother. Yeah. He was great. Dude. Was just, He's fucking fantastic in everything. Like he was also in Sinister with Ethan Hawke and Scott Derrickson directing, which oh, is wow. another fucking cool. amazing film. Yeah, man, he was deputy so and so. Oh, wicked! Yeah, he um, was great, man. I, I liked. I mean, you know, his character was pretty straightforward as a, you know, coke, cocaine, fucking addicted. Yeah, um, amateur detective. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love that. He was fantastic. Like, I really felt like his character brought some sort of much needed humor and levity to the film. Cause like, you know, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty grim flick. Mm. And like, he was just such a nice little break in the tension and so fucking funny and just like, yeah, just manic and great. Like, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I kind of like that, that whole, again, it's a, it's a Gacyism, like that whole, he's living with his brother unbeknownst to the fact that his brother is kidnapping and killing these young boys right yeah. beneath his nose, like in plain sight. 
Yeah. Uh, which is very much what Gacy and a lot of those serial killers of the 70s did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. They kind of, you know, back in the 70s and early 80s, like a lot of these guys just operated with impunity because mm. no one had any idea what the fuck they were doing. And they were always like, you know, the person you would least expect. I mean, it's not mm. like now where everyone's used to serial killers and stuff, yeah. you know. Oh, my neighbor's a serial killer, huh? Yeah, figures. Like everyone's a fucking, yeah, CSI detective now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like everyone goes, oh, yeah, I know, I know what a serial killer is. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I just really, I really enjoyed this film in the sense of it just took us back to a time of simplicity and just the stuff of nightmares, really, man. Like, you know, the, the, you know, the parents' worst nightmare realization with, you know, Amazingly played by the the dad of this film. Um, oh man, Jeremy Davies! Like he was great. Him. Like, yeah, he was awesome. His performance was amazing because it's like he took a character who I hated and thought was a complete Same. bag of shit. Yep. But by the end of the film, you he almost redeems himself and you feel pity for him. Like, and that yeah. is such an accomplishment for an actor and as a, like the, the writing as well to mm. do that with mm. a character who is so despicable. And yet at the end, you're like, yeah, this guy realizes that he's fucked up and he's, he's well, honestly apologetic for it. Yeah. I mean, like he's, his character essentially is, he's a grief stricken father. Yeah. Who's, you know, he's lost his wife to to illness. Um and he you know, she she was, you know, a, a psychic of sorts as well. So yeah. you can tell that straight away he was not a fan of that at all. They had problems in their marriage because of that. But and the fact that he's a widow with, you know, two kids working a dead end job in a nuclear power plant. Um, and his only escapism is, you know, down the bottom of a fucking beer can mm. and, and a bottle of vodka, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, he's an alcoholic battling these grief-stricken demons and it just all fucking snaps when he discovers his son's gone missing and, you know, reality just creeps in and he realises, you know, just that sense of, losing someone again just fucking mm. hits home really hard and like you say just that the ability for the the actor to to take us on this journey from a character that we all fucking despise mm. to the redemption that you know people can change oh dude i mean that scene at the end spoiler alert where yeah. you know he he finds you know, Finn and his sister sitting in the back of the ambulance yeah. and he just comes up and he just crumbles. Yeah. He totally. just completely just shatters in front of them and begs them for forgiveness was I mean, so powerful. The, oh, the sincerity of that was incredible, mm. man. Like that was, that was a no bullshit fucking delivery, man. That was, mm. that was straight from the heart. Yeah, man. I don't know where Jeremy Davies pulled that shit out of, but fuck me, man. Like, I, again, I think that's like a career best for him. And he's had some good roles over the years. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I think the cast fucking kicked this one right out of the park, dude. Like, they were all great. The kid that played Finn, fucking amazing. He was like so good. Played that yeah. fucking just 
you know, victimized fucking kid. You know, bullied. yeah, he he just played that middle of the road kid that, like, yeah. you know, bullied in he school. Wasn't, he wasn't a bully. Like he was, he was no. a victim of bullying. No, like, like he was a victim all the way. He wasn't. Yeah, like he 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 was fucking. You know, ridiculed and beaten in the house. Then he'd go to school and get beat on in school till Robin saves the day. Yeah, and then, and then fucking. And you know, and his his sister is um I'm I'm pretty sure she was the younger sister, but she, you know she fucking steps up and fucking defends him and shit. So like he's this very sheltered kid, and you see him come out of his shell towards the end of the film, and it's fucking glorious when he oh, does dude, that. Oh, that scene where he's walking the halls after he, uh, after at the end there. I love that like, so much. Such a smile on my face, man. Yeah. And the triumph at the end when he fucking, you know, got his, you know, um, you know, got one up on Ethan Hawke's character with, on the grabber was fucking masterful, man. I oh, like, dude, I honestly, that scene, that was going to be my big spoiler talk scene because I nearly jumped out of my fucking seat and cheered. Yeah, when same, that same, same. That was, dude, I that was, was triumph so... of the spirit. That was such a fucking fist pump in the air moment and in mm. the best possible way. Yeah. Like, it wasn't Agreed. cheesy. It wasn't forced. It was just like, oh, fuck, yeah, dude, do it. Yeah, dude. Like, this kid, like, he'd just been pushed to his fucking limits. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was. I don't know, man. This film had shades of Sixth Sense throughout it with its supernatural uh, connection to the afterlife. I thought yeah. that was really cool. And these all telling him piece by piece, clue by clue, you know, do something. I love that, um, you know, some of the stuff they were saying to him, mm. I re- it was like, you know, they were mocking the grabber. Like, yeah. with, like obviously the final thing that he said to them before he killed them. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, that metalhead kid, like, you know, this is the last day of your shitty little life and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just so well put together and just so many, like, I mean, again, man, that's why I'm, I'm definitely seeing it again. Cause there's so much stuff there that's just sort of occurred to me after the fact that like, this movie is so fucking layered with like cool shit to discover. Like, yeah, just, I agree. A, yeah. Like, well, I, honestly, I think it's, you know. One of the year's best. I think like, so too, man. We've had some fucking corkers this year already, man. Mm. Like considering, you know, the the last two years. And yeah, this film definitely um is one of Blumhouse's best fucking releases for sure. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, the 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 triumph of the spirit finale with the with Finn was so good. And I love the fact that his sister, you know, gave him that fucking motivational talk of you get one of these days you're going to have to step up and mm. and fucking let it out you know and i mean that 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 scene where she comes in and like belts that kid in the head with a rock was oh, just, that dude. was such a great scene too how good was that right and and like they're just sitting next to each other up against the fence you know she's just looking at him he's looking at her blood just pouring out of his head mm. you know i i don't know just little moments of that i thought were cinema fucking yeah, brilliance. It, it really, like, the stuff with the kids in it really captured the vibe of being a kid. Like, mm. you see so many kids' movies, and that's why I love stuff like Monster Squad or It Chapter 2 and stuff like yeah. that. Because it, like, 
when you were a kid, like you swore, you threw rocks at people, you you did all this fucking crazy shit. It wasn't like this G-rated kind of thing that Hollywood kind of has sold us like up until recently. And I, I love that there are movies coming out that like are sort of hearkening back to the movies of the eighties where it's like, yeah, kids got up to some ill shit. Like we got, we got up to all kinds of crazy shit when we were young, yeah, um, fine, man. you know, and we weren't particularly G rated or nice, you know? No, but I just, I really feel like it really, it's one of those movies like, like I said, like it chapter one monster squad, you know, simpler times. Yeah. It just really captures that vibe of being a kid. Mm. I thought I thought so too, man. It's fucking like the the script writing um, in this was brilliant. Joe Hill, fucking hats off to you, brother. And, yeah, cam- uh, cameo from Joe Hill as well as the uh, science teacher. Oh, real, that, mm. dude! Did not see that. That's fucking sick. Oh man, I spotted him straight away because I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, he he looks just like his dad. He looks like a younger version of his dad. I like, like this, man. That, that's a real fucking page from his dad's book. Yeah, yeah, I I dug it too. Yeah, that's super cool, man. I I really I really enjoyed this film. Like, I enjoyed even the the typical fucking science lab stuff because that was kind of typical of a I don't know American school scenes that we saw in the movies back in the eighties yeah. and that like you know like the, the fucking the dissecting the frog. There was just yeah. such a signature of of those films. And it was done a lot. Yeah, and um, I really enjoyed that. That was super cool. Yeah, yeah. I got to yeah, say, but one of my favorite, favorite fucking things that I enjoyed mentioned in this film was that awesome discussion between Robin and Finn about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I, damn. When I was watching that, I'm just like, fucking Jess is going to fucking love this shit. Dude, I was fucking there. I just went, oh, dude, this movie just fucking just kicked it up a notch for me. And, uh, and and the double whammy of mentioning Enter the Dragon as well. It's fucking sweet. Yeah. I was just like, oh dude, this but is again, man, like awesome. that was such that was such a, a, a an accurate moment because it's like we had those discussions in school, like yeah. you know, where it's totally. like there was the kid that could go and see all the fucking R rated movies and stuff, mm. and you know, there was the other kid that was like, Oh, I'm not allowed to watch that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, him staying up late at night watching horror movies when his dad's falling asleep drunk. It's like, mm-hmm. it was such a fucking, just a time capsule that like certainly everyone of our age could relate to that was like, Oh yeah, man, I've lived that. I know mm-hmm. what that's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, man. It was fucking cool. Like I just loved even um, the metalhead kid playing the, the, the vintage pinball in the, uh, the convenience store. Like, yeah. That that was signature simpler times as a kid, man. Like yeah, that, man. Uh, you know, going to the the fish and chip store, or the the convenience store. There was always a pinball machine or yep. a video game machine yep. in the shop, and the kids fucking crowded around it. And you know, it was the, it was a thing you do on the afternoons or on the weekends, yeah, man. man yeah, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So like, yeah. fucking cool, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I fucking love that shit. Like the the attention to detail in this film was, in my opinion, ten out of ten. Oh, dude, absolutely. Like I, I, I honestly think this film's brilliant, and I think it's going to be a very heavily enjoyed Blu-ray when it gets released in in my house. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I'm trying to sort of wrap my head around where people uh, have not enjoyed this film. I find that really, I don't know, disturbing of sorts because it's it's a dark film, but not in the traditional sense. It's uh, it's, it's very it, cleverly it, it, subtle. Yeah, it's a it is a dark movie and it is a really grim movie. But that being said, it's not like fucking a Serbian film or, you know, no. Once War Warriors grim. No, it's a movie no. that's like, it's very grim subject matter. But again, there are so many light moments in there that you can really enjoy and give you a smile. And, you know, the ending is literally, like I said, I just wanted to, when, when Finn escaped. It was a rocky moment. It was, man. I just, I wanted to jump out of my seat, punch my fist in the air and just go, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, totally. You dude. know, totally. And then the, the aftermath of that, like, you know, like the, the emotional, you know, sincerity of his father's apology to him and his sister, him going back to school, walking the halls, you know, asking the girl out that he's had a crush on, like... Yeah. You know, it's just such, uh, it just, you walk out of that movie. I, I walked out of it smiling. I was like, that was so fucking good. Like, yeah, I wow. walked out very content and satisfied, man. I yeah, thought, man. Well, well played on the casting. Well shot. Uh, the, the score was brilliant. Uh, Ethan Hawke gave us a fucking very, very memorable um, movie villain. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved, I loved the creepiness of it, man. I loved it. It was just like everything you were warned about as a kid, right there on the big screen. Yeah, and it was that grim reminder of a time that once was. Well, and the the really great thing is that you don't actually like that's the the creep factor is that you don't <clears throat> you don't actually see the grabber doing anything no, you particularly don't. violent you no. see the aftermath of it like mm. you know when you see the the kids ghosts and stuff like that like you know i mean you know poor old poor old james ranson as his brother kind of gets it the worst yeah um, he does man he does you know, it's like oh dude that was never gonna end well um but um yeah that's that's the like the, the really creepy part of it is that you don't actually see what he does to these kids, it's all in your mind and it's all through like subtle, like, you know, through what the ghosts say, through yeah. like, you know, subtle threats and implications and shit like that. Like, you know, that that scene where he's sitting in the chair, like shirtless with the oh, belt and dude, the mask on. I fucking like, love that. Yeah, so dude, that was just creepy as fuck. And like, yeah, it's just like, oh, nothing good is going to come of this if you go up those stairs, dude. Well, that's the thing, man. I feel like this is, it was kind of, uh, for him, it was a moment of, this is what my dad used to, to do to me when I was Yes, kid. very much, man. And again, that's, that's, again, one of those vibes that like, yeah, this is showing two sides of the results of, domestic violence yeah you know absolutely yeah i feel like him and his brother were just given a fucking very fucked up childhood yeah uh, and they've both you know come out of it not good at all yeah Uh, well that's the thing they've both come out of it incredibly damaged like one yeah pedophile serial killer and the other one's a fucking coked out zombie yeah absolutely man um I, i was quite intrigued by the fact that they you know, had two houses, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Who won the lotto here? You know, 
Um, yeah, that that part was a bit interesting for me. I mean, I feel like there's there's so much of the backstory, but the thing yeah, is, yeah, well, I I sort of had the assumption that maybe they've inherited one of them. That's um, what I was going to say. I feel yeah. like there was an inheritance of sorts. Uh, I feel, and and that's one of the things I have to give props to this film for the fact that it's not all given to you. Uh, the whole plot is given to you on a silver platter. You oh, actually yeah. have to spend some time really sort of thinking for yourself for exactly, it. Exactly, man. I was literally just going to say that. I mm. absolutely adored that we didn't get like the Grabber's origin or, no, you know, no. any of this other stuff or, you know, the black phone was actually explained or anything mm. like that. Like, I really love that I walked out of this movie and B and I were just talking about it the whole mm. way home and mm. the whole next day. We're like, hey, what do you think this means? What do you think that means? What Do you think yeah. this, like, you know, hey, this line here, what did you, like, how did you take that? Mm. And I, I love it when I walk out of a film doing that because it's like, it, it's, it's a mark, for me, it's a mark of a great film that's like made me think and really engaged my attention and imagination and just yeah. made me go like, fuck, this is like, really good this has gotten to yeah. me like yeah it's just a great film dude like it's yeah. not a it's not a film that's spoiler alert. it's not the kind of film that i foresee is gonna have franchise written all over it or anything like that it's none of that bullshit this is just quite simply a great film period. yeah 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 and uh yeah you, you'll be kicking yourself if you don't go to the movies and see it i, I yeah, really it's it's support, definitely support the film yeah it's definitely a film that absolutely deserves your money and support. And I really feel like it's one that you really want to see on the big screen, like where you can't be distracted by your phone or anything else. No, absolutely not. Um, not that you should anyway, because it's, that's just fucking bullshit. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, this, this film rocked on so many levels. Uh, I'm so glad that we got a film like this in this day and age, man, it's, um, it's refreshing to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really is. Like it's, it's nice to see a movie that's not, um, you know, and I'm not one of those people that rags on like, oh, yeah, everything's a comic movie. It's like, but it was really nice to get an original horror movie that wasn't a reboot, that wasn't a legacy sequel, no. that wasn't an adaption. I mean, okay. Yes. It was adapted from Joe Hill's short story in 20th century ghosts, but you know, it, it was nice to get an original film that, you know, we kind of hadn't seen before. Like, you know, it was just nice to get a new, fresh horror movie in cinema. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was just refreshing on, on so many levels. It's it's a movie that, you know, as we said before, it's really, if there's a film worth going to see on the big screen that you're not going to walk away disappointed from, this is it. Yeah, this yeah, is absolutely. So it. I mean, don't worry about, you know, all the fucking big box office fucking spectacles that are out there right now. Go see this because it's a fucking, it's a gem in the rough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I mean, yeah, look, you can watch the new Jurassic Park anytime, but, you know, this yeah. this is, I this I feel like The Black Phone is one of those movies where it's like, you, you really want people to vote with their wallets. It's like, if you go yeah. and support this, then, you know, we'll get more of this. Like, yeah, we'll get absolutely. more movies like this. And it's exciting, man, because I feel like, you know, Movies like this are a testament to the to the staying power of horror and cinema. Um, I, I don't feel like horror and cinema is going <clears> to <throat> go away anytime soon. But this film is a, you know, and even in the previous episode where I talked about um, the other Blumhouse release, Dashcam, I feel yeah. like 
we're in a good position right now of horror. Like there's some really imaginative original content coming out. Yeah. And it's um it's an exciting time to be alive. Oh man, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean I I, I love I love when we get like, you know, really I love when we get well done horror that's attracted like, you know, people like Ethan Hawke. Um, yeah, yeah that's know, so it, good, it, right? It, it, it's always good to like get horror that's got like, you know, not that horror always needs A-list cast, but I, I feel like it's really great when we get, you know, sort of A-grade horror, I guess. Like, and yeah, the Black well, Phone is definitely A-grade. It's just great when we get an actor that steps out of their comfort zone to play a sinister character that mm. is is frightening on so yeah. many levels without trying to be frightening he just delivers it with his eyes with his gestures like there is some fucking menacing shit going on in that performance oh, that man, he has to be applauded for like this yeah. is definitely a career defining performance yeah i mean considering the fact that he you know he, he's played some great roles over the years and you know but he's always been typecast as that kind of you know, handsome actor, you know. Um, well, I mean, I feel like Ethan yeah. Hawke, like for me, it's like Ethan Hawke is always like, you know, he's the the indie art house guy. It's like he's the guy mm. that does reality bites and before yeah. sunset, before yeah. sunrise, you know. Occasionally he'll step out of it and do stuff like uh, Training Day or Lord's yeah. War, stuff like that, you know, like 24 steered, hours to live. I feel like he steered away from all the commercialised bullshit that a lot of, you know, actors like him, um, you know, that they went down that path where he kind yeah. of didn't. He he probably got offered plenty of roles where he could have, you know, cashed in and played the just the fucking look good for the camera and yeah. have shitty dialogue to mm. work with. I feel like he avoided all that to go with roles that are quite required a little bit more acting. Yeah, finesse. well, I, I feel like Ethan Hawke's like very much a bit of an artist because it's like I, I've read his uh, first novel, uh, The Hottest State. Um, it's good. Oh, dude, yeah. Look, man, uh, I mean, it's it's a novel about basically like relationships when you're in your 20s. And in my right. 20s, it was pretty much my fucking Bible. Like, right. you know, I just like I adored that book because it's very – it's very honest. It's very earnestly written, awesome. um, you know, and he, he's a very accomplished writer. And yeah, I feel like, you know, he's very much a guy that like gives a shit about taking on good solid roles and, you know, giving good performances. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Um, That's cool. And yeah. I mean, yeah, there was an interview with him recently where he was talking about like, you know, um, doing Moon Knight and, you know, he was like, look, I, you know, I, he's like, I have basically nothing against comic book films, like, but you mm. know, I did that to put food on the table, and it's like, well, you know, hey, why at least he's honest. Like, you know, if you, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, as any sort of artist, it's like, yeah, you're going to do projects that you don't really give a shit about, mm. but you're going to do them because they pay you well, and they let you go and do stuff that you do give a shit about. Yeah. So, and I know we've talked about Moon Knight before, um, but I thought his performance as the villain was great. Like I thought yeah. he played a great villain. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I mean, I look, I love Ethan Hawke in pretty much everything I've fucking seen him in. But mm. like, I, I mean, you know, I think our issues with Moon Knight weren't so much with any of the casting or no. any of the performances. It was more with the writing and some of the choices they made yeah. with Moon Knight as a character. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, like without sort of revisiting a previous conversation, I feel like. Moon Knight just 
you know, again, the source material was all there. They just had yeah. to, you know, didn't have to copy and paste so much, but just they could have drawn a little bit more from the source material. And yeah. I'm sure that their reasons are there, but yeah, look, thankfully Ethan Hawke gave us a great performance as a, as a diabolical villain. Yeah. And, um, and he fucking took it to the nth degree on black phone, man. It's mm. fucking, yeah, definitely one of the, the knockout performances of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, yeah, just such a, such a great flick on every level. And, mm. um, yeah, all, all I can, all I can possibly add is just please go see it. You will not be disappointed. Yeah. Fucking amen. Um, before we go, man, uh, what are you reading this week? Uh, what am I reading at the moment? I just wrapped up um, do, 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 uh, New Issue of Ghost Rider. Um, oh, is it good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Um, it's it's quite cool because they revisit uh, the Circus of Crime. Nice. Um, from the original run. and But they do a really fucked up gnarly twist on it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild. Fuck um, yeah. What else did I finish reading? Um, uh, I read Daredevil number one, which was pretty good. Daredevil number one is that like uh, Matt Murdock Daredevil? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the um the new series that's uh come out in the wake of uh, Devil's Reign and all that. So nice. it, it was it was pretty good. Um, yeah, New Issue of Moon Knight was cool. Uh, it's like Moon Knight's fighting. Nice, nice. Shaping up to wage war on vampires. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, I'm. Yeah, we've talked about it before, but man, Moon Knight's storyline's going going places, man. It's kicking yeah. ass. Yeah, it's it's good, man. It's good. Um, so. I can't wait for my issue two of Moon Knight, um, black, white, and red. Yeah, it was good. Um, what else did I read? Oh, uh, yeah, I read some comic called Furious. Uh, first issue of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I read that one, which oh, yeah. was really good, and I recommend everyone buy it because uh, I'm disappointed. Awesome. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I wasn't um, I wasn't baiting to talk about it, but yeah, fuck yeah. All kinds of pumped about that one. So, <laughs> yeah. What did you like about it? Dude, I re- look, I really liked it. Um, I think I mean, really... give me give me the the cons as well, man. Like feel free to chuck some negatives. Uh, look, I don't there, think but... I don't think there's any cons. I mean, if 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 anything, um, I feel like if you weren't a fan of the Warriors, firstly, what's wrong with you? Mm. Um if you weren't a fan of the Warriors, you might be a little bit lost reading just for the start of the issue. You might be sort of going, Oh, what's going on here? But the great thing about it is I love the way that the story is structured because it really pays off in the end. Like it's a nice slow burn. It's like, there's enough of a mystery at the start as to like, Oh, what's going on? What's going Mm. on? But it pays off and answers your questions. Like it doesn't, it doesn't just taper off into nothing or, have like you know dangling plot threads it's like everything sort of you know it, it it i love the way that it just converges into the one story like you know with with ajax's daughter you know uh the baseball furies like yeah. hewitt's, hewitt's son and stuff like that like i really feel like it pays off in the end like it's a it's a good slow burn that draws you into the story um oh, awesome. which i really dug like I, I really dug that like yeah yeah it draws yeah. you into the story and then it like just kicks into high gear and doesn't stop. And, you know, I love that it, it's basically 
I love that it is an issue that could be read as a standalone. Like if there mm. wasn't ever going to be an issue too, you would be satisfied and you would be left wanting more, which is really cool. Oh, thank you, man. That that That's exactly the way I originally intended it to be, man. I've left it sort of open-ended. Like, yeah, I, I, of course I would love to do an issue too, but I'm sort of content to be honest. Like, I'm yeah. sit- like I have a very powerful direction that this could go. And I hinted at that in the novels, but um, I would love to explore it more in a comic book universe, but I'm going to leave that up to the people, man. So, yeah. Well, I really think like people should buy it, like give it a shot because it's like, it's a really good, solid, you know, either first issue or one shot. Um, it, it answers your questions. It takes you, you know, like I said, it starts off with a bit of mystery, but it answers the mystery and goes off. Like it really fucking goes off when it goes off. And some of the art's really gorgeous. Yeah. Dan and it is a fucking talent, man. Like he's, he's my artist on Frankenstein and I just, yeah, I didn't need to look any further to yeah. fucking do this one with him. So yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good, man. And it's like, you know, like I said, it, it, you know, it kicks off and then it answers your questions and it's like, Oh, okay. And I mean, you know, I love that it's sort of, you know, it explores like legacy. It explores like the family trauma, like with mm. Jax's daughter, mm. Hewitt's son and stuff like that. It's like, mm. you know, these kids are obviously very influenced and, you know, shaped by the lives that their parents led. Um, you know, it's, it's got a whole like, you know, bit of a destiny vibe in there as well. It's like, you know, yeah. and it, it just really works, man. It's like, you know, here's this mixed up kid who's like, not sure why he's mixed up, but then he finds out like, mm. you know, and like, you know, he's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna embrace this legacy. Um, you know, and then you've got Ajax in there, like, you know, Hey, like, you know, and I, I love the way that you wrote Ajax as a character. Cause it's like, this is a guy that's like, you know, being a bit of a fucking rapscallion in his past, clearly. Yeah. Seen the yeah. Warriors. yeah. But, you know, here's a guy that's like older, like he's realized like some of the mistakes he's made and doesn't want his kid to make them. And, you know, his kid's rebelling against that. Like, I just, I feel like the, it works on a lot of levels. Yeah. Thanks man. Like that's, that's exactly the way I, I mean, I'm such a fan of, um, of Ajax from the movie, but I'm also equally as much a fan of the creation of, of his daughter, Jax. Yeah. I think she's just such a powerful character. And I think if I was to write an ongoing series from this, um, it would be a world with where we would see a lot more in it because she's just such a force to be reckoned with. Well, that's the thing. It's like you really get a vibe from the story that like her and Hewitt's son are like, they're on a collision course. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's definitely some shit's going to go down between those two characters. Absolutely, and and you know the 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 slight subtle introduction of Luther Junior as well in there. Um, you know, because every every hero has to have a villain as well. Yeah. And, and uh, having Luther in there is is great. So, yeah, I well, mean, I, I thought that worked really well too. Like, yeah, I mean, it's thanks. just like you know, I, I love that. Like, there's so many returning characters, and you know, it's like such a, a a legacy sequel. And I mean, you know, man, we've talked about this before with you know people that do fan fiction, and you know, mm. you get you get people that get it mm. and really get 
the material that they are using as a springboard mm. and that shows in their work. And then sometimes you get people that don't get it and have, you know, the Punisher shooting fucking litter bugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. That, that sort of fan fiction where it's just like, do you even read this? Or like, mm. you know, the, the Punisher's killing a, jo- a guy for smoking a joint. Like mm. I literally read a fan film proposal for the Punisher that, someone wanted me to be involved with and i was just like dude you do not get this character at all yeah that's pretty sad and, you know it's just like it's like why are you having to do this oh because i like the violence it's like that's not what the punish is about but you know thanks for playing yeah <laughs> the, 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 the biggest compliment i can give is that like you, you clearly get the world and the characters and i feel like it really shows in every page like oh, thanks man yeah you know. I'm, I'm i'm really really happy with it it's um yeah, I, I hope I hope that people check it out. I really do because um, I don't know. It's, it's just a fun, action-packed read from cover to cover, man. It's yeah, man. It is. It's it's a really good read. Actually, mm. I've I've got to share with you, and I'm I'm, I'm apologizing in advance um, to to fucking turn this into a fucking me 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 show, but um, I got the <laughs> one, most wonderful review from Thomas Waits of all people. Oh, nice. The Thomas Waits played Fox in The Warriors. Yeah. Um, and he'll, you know, two of our favorite films, The Warriors and The mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah. And he read the comic uh, and was kind enough to give a quote for the comic that I'm going to publish as well. And oh, he, cool. Yeah. He basically, he basically said, uh, imaginative in a futuristic yet relatable way, combining both the great history of The Warriors and a kind of modern day Spider-Man character brilliantly yeah. drawn it was like dude fuck he didn't that's, have to say that that's good man that's to, good that's a really nice endorsement from someone that's actually actually from that fucking chapter yeah so yeah it's pretty damn fucking cool man so yeah um, man that's fucking rad yeah I, I got my fingers crossed man I, I i think like more than anything you know and i i hope that you get to experience the same level of creative success with your comic book too bro like uh i think it's just great to just have a vision and just see it come to you know manifest reality yeah i I think it's like if anyone can do that i fucking respect the fuck out of you man like and yeah i'm i I, i'm so excited for your comic book when it comes out man i really am because it's oh thanks dude no man it's 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 such a cool story (laughs) And it's going to fucking rock, man. So, yeah. Um, fucking here's to us. Yeah. Yeah. Chin, chin. Chin, chin. Um, <laughs> just before we go, um, yeah, the other comics I've been reading, I have I recently read uh, New Fantastic Four. Oh, how, how is it? It's fun, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Like, I mean, that was one of the best story arcs that came out of, out of the 90s, um, Fantastic Four, was that – that little fucking was it a three issue story arc or something? With yeah, I think it was like two or three. Like, yeah, yeah where, where Art Adams was drawing it. Like, yeah, yeah, it was so cool. And I fucking I I wish I would love to read those comics again. But the team up of Ghost Rider, Grayskin Hulk, uh, Mister Fixit, as he's better known back then, Wolverine, yeah. in all his fucking gloom and doom demeanor, and um, and fucking Spider Man the most unlikeliest team up you've ever imagined. Yeah. Here it is in a comic book. 
And fast forward to today, we, we're given, I believe it's a four four issue miniseries um, of the the team up, the, the bands back together. Yeah. I'm really digging um, Marvel doing these sort of like little retro miniseries. So cool. I, I've got um I've got the symbiote Spider-Man ones that they did. Um I really want to read those. Oh dude, they're really good. They're really mm. fun. Um and I've got uh what else did they do? Um they did a, a Ben Riley Spider-Man one back yes. from set during when Ben Riley was uh wearing the Spidey costume yep. and, and everything, which was yep. really good as well. Mm. Um, they're doing a Wolverine one at the moment called Patch, which is set yes, you know, back when Wolvie was running around with his eye patch, pretending that he wasn't Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. great disguise. You've got that hair, those sideburns, and fucking three claws on each hand. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not Wolverine. He's got an eye patch. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking um, cool. But then also the uh, the X Men Legends series that they're doing, which is just a bunch of like little, you know, two or three issues. Uh, stories um, that are set during different parts of X-Men continuity has been mm. really fun as well. Mm. Yeah, there's some really good stuff coming out. Uh, a lot of retro stuff. Uh, another, before we go, another really good one that I read was um, American Mythology Productions are pumping out some good shit at the moment. Because um, I talked about Willy's Wonderland on a previous episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just recently read issue one of Fright Night. Oh, dude, it's good. I I enjoyed that. I it's enjoyed it good. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it's a really, really nice. Um, I was kind of reading and going, is this kind of like a, a a bit of a nod to the sequel, or like I don't know. I was I sort of had a couple of question marks from it. Yeah, or is this, or is this something different? Like, is this? I don't know. I was just trying to wrap my head around what where we are in the timeline on this. Yeah. I kind of feel like Tom Holland is doing it as like, kind of like the sequel he really wanted to do. Okay. Um, that, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I, like it's I didn't kind mind of the sequel, um, movie wise. Yeah. I, look, I got a real soft spot for Fright Night too. Um, mm. Like, yeah, I, I really kind of dig it. Like it's, mm. it's, a, it's, I feel like it's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, Absolutely. But uh, yeah, from from what I've read, he's doing this as like basically like, well, if I'd gotten to do the sequel, here's what I would have done. Sort mm, of thing. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, it was it was a good read, and I, I yeah, I don't know if I'll continue with it or not. I mean, if I can, I'll, I will. But yeah, issue one kicks a lot of ass. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah, no, it was fun. Mm. Cool, man. Well, fuck me, dude. The black phone fucking rocks. Um. Thank you for your wonderful commentary of Furious. It's fucking super cool. Hey, just tell them the truth. Yeah, dude. (laughs) But um, yeah, yeah, definitely check out the Black Phone, boys and girls, because it's a fucking great film. Yeah. And um, yeah, man. uh, And fucking go on YouTube and look up Sam Kinison's version of Wild Thing, because it's fucking, (laughs) it's a rip-snorting affair. Be disappointed. No. Uh, cool, man. Well, that was a great one. And dude, can't wait for tomorrow's episode yeah. of Rad. We'll be back tomorrow with Rad. Yay! Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, have a freaky one, dude. You too, bro. And uh, we'll do this again. Yeah, we will. <laughs> All right. Peace out, everyone. Right. Later.